We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast. We are covering everything Chicago Bears as preseason has wrapped up. And the focus, or not preseason, I'm sorry, training camp has wrapped up. One more game left to go in preseason, and the focus now shifts to week one against the San Francisco 49ers. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, with training camp wrapped up, we have one more preseason game, and we're going to get the starters for about, you know, a first half, at least, according to Matt Eberflus. And it, it's pretty much go time from there. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you say the preseason's wrapped up, and I know obviously you meant to say training camp, but the next time we record a podcast, it will be wrapped up. It's crazy. I mean, obviously the three games go by pretty quick, and then, you know, when you have two games in the matter of five days, it goes by even quicker. And like you pointed out, man, I mean, this is usually week three of the preseason back when it's four games is a dress rehearsal, and somehow, some way, um, week three of the preseason this year is going to be a dress rehearsal. And I don't know about you. I've I've got some mixed feelings because obviously this team has a lot to prove. This team needs snaps. And, you know, somebody that we're talking to earlier actually made a pretty good point in terms of it doesn't really much matter if it's a preseason or regular season. Like this team just needs snaps and they need, you know, they basically just need to put things on tape and, and, and play games and get better. And I agree with that. And I know the expectations are low, but I don't know about you, but it's like, I'm telling you right now, and again, this is the worst case. I'm not expecting this to happen. But if Justin Fields somehow tore his ACL or something crazy happened, you know, during this game, my my interest in this season goes down to damn near zero. So, and that's kind of where it's at. And obviously, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. But that's kind of the risk that you run, especially during the last game of the preseason, where I think a lot of us kind of expected, okay, no starters are going to play. This is going to be nothing but depth. And here we are. I, again, I'm not against it. I'm, I'm I'm definitely not against it, but there is some risk involved, even in you know what a lot of people, including myself, deem kind of a meaningless season in terms of wins loss. But there's still a lot of meaning to be had in terms of the development that goes out on the field, and you don't want to see an injury uh, take away an entire season or a decent chunk of the season from a player, especially with the amount of injuries we've already seen just during training camp practices. Yeah, I mean that's a good point. Um, I'm I'm on the side where, you know, I. 
I'm okay with the starters playing it just because they need those reps. And we'll get more into that later. We we do have a special interview with um, former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten to get to in a little bit um, and get his thoughts on uh, um, what he's seen from the Bears so far. But I, I think they need the reps. Like, you know, watching this offense out there, they haven't had a great training camp and they haven't had a good preseason. They've had, what, four drives in the preseason. The first game was awful. I mean, right from the start, the first drive was really bad. And the three they had against Kansas City, eh. Um, the, the one against Seattle wasn't terrible. Um, they showed some signs. They, they they showed some, you know, promise there. But they kind of need it, man. They, they, they need these reps. Um, and, and seeing them in today's practice, you know, even more. Like, I'm glad they're getting the reps. But at the same time, you're right. You know, what happens if Justin Fields gets hurt or Darnell Mooney goes down Things like that, it, those are always in the back of your mind. You just kind of have to hope this game doesn't go how the last game in Cleveland went for Justin Fields because we all remember that. That was terrible. I mean, he got sacked, what, seven, eight times, something like that, some crazy number. They had you know under 20 yards of passing offense or whatever it was, and he, he almost got killed out there. I just, I just hope it doesn't go that route. Yeah, no, and I'm right there with you. And again, I don't expect it to, but I think that there is some risk involved, whether you deem that necessary or unnecessary is, you know, obviously up to, you know, your own personal interpretation of whatever it is. But it definitely makes it more exciting. It makes it more interesting. It makes it more of a disappointment for me, considering that, you know, that's the game that I'm going to miss at least the first half, if not the entire game, which means I'm going to have to rush on to, I guess it would be NFL plus at this point, watch like a condensed version of the game right after. Hopefully they have something, uh, hopefully they have something like that shortly after. Cause I'd, you know, like to at least, you know, be able to, you know, ingest it all in the moment, um, you know, at least after the game. So we'll see, but yeah, it's, it, it definitely adds a little bit more intrigue. Um, and also adds the possibility of, you know, many more hot takes, especially regarding Justin Fields, because that seems to have been a topic um, all offseason, even into the preseason. Uh, you know, we have certain people that are out there, you know, diving into the the 14 throws that he's had and, and making all these rash judgments off of time to throw and all this other weird stuff, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But at least the good news is with all of this is that once this game ends, they're going to be basically, you know, really, because it's, you know, a night game. It's like they will be essentially two weeks away, 14 days away from week one, uh, where we'll finally get to see this team in action at Soldier Field. It'll be against a good opponent in the 49ers, and we can finally kind of start to see what's going on with this team, uh, you know, what kind of pieces that they have uh, already there and and kind of go from there. It's crazy. Yeah, there was – I can't remember who it was. I think it was Mark Potash put out earlier that – out of the current 80 guys that they have on this roster, including the Daz Newsome cut, which I'm sure we'll probably talk about some roster moves and all that stuff, but including the Daz Newsome cut, the Bears only have 29 players that were here under Ryan Pace last year, which is just crazy. I mean, that just kind of goes to show you how big of a reset this team's already seen. And and I would assume by the time it's all said and done, you're probably going to be looking at what, what, 23, 25 guys, something like that. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, which is going to be less than half the roster worth of guys that were here last year, which tells you just how big of a turnover this has been and really how interesting of a season this, this could end up being. Yeah. I mean, even after this year too, I mean, it's going to be, it's probably going to be less as well. I mean, it's just crazy how, you know, um, 
he's been able to Ryan Poles, you know, inherited this kind of rebuild roster and, you know, he's got to kind of just rebuild it, quote unquote, from how Ryan Pace left it. And we're kind of seeing it now. And, and it's, it's, it's going to take a couple of years, you know, Ryan Poles is going to have, you know, as of now have his first round draft pick for next year. He's going to have a lot of picks, a lot of money. He's kind of got to build this roster and, you know, that kind of takes me into what to expect this off, what to expect this season. You know, the most important thing obviously is Justin Fields, but find maybe finding some diamonds in the rough, you know, hitting on these draft picks, hitting on some of these free agent signings, giving out, you know, longer contracts to players that are earn it, um, who are maybe here on one year deals. And, you know, that's gotta be the focus moving forward for, for Ryan Poles as he tries to rebuild this. Now we have the one preseason game left. There's going to be more cuts. The Bears have to get down to 53. Um, I believe it's what next Tuesday. I want to yeah, say, we, right. We got it. We got exactly a week from exactly the time that we're recording this, from the time that they cut down from 85 to 80. So yeah, I mean, it's the 27 guys have got to go and I'm sure we'll see more movement plus that, you know? Yeah. And, and this is where it's going to get interesting because with, the league going down on cuts, the bears are going to, are going to be able to look, you know, to see, Hey, maybe if this guy fits us, we can bring him in. There's a, there always seems to be a couple guys that join the roster late. Um, even after the bears have established a 53 and uh, you know, and it's not only the, the Indianapolis Colts keep an eye on the Kansas city chiefs because of the ties, obviously the bears are at a stage of the roster right now. You have to keep an eye on every team. You have to know who's cut, who's out there, who's available for you. And you can't just, you know, maybe be picky because, the way this roster is shaping up, there are opportunities for the Bears to go out and maybe grab someone before week one to kind of come in and make an impact at, at key positions. Maybe there's a wide receiver or two that get caught or released and, you know, the Bears want to take a flyer on uh, on him, depending on what happens with Brian Pringle and, and Nikhil Harry, things like that. So this will be a very interesting final preseason game to watch, but also in the coming days, how the Bears um, put together the roster here for the final 53. Yeah, and I think that it's also, you know, not as important, but it definitely is important how they structure their practice squad as well. Because as we've seen the last, you know, well, really, it's just football in general, injuries are going to happen. And I think unlike years past where Ryan Pace was rushing out to get veterans and try to, you know, piece together, you know, a 500 team or whatever – you're going to be looking at a different approach this year where I think you're going to see a lot of young guys get opportunities this year. And I mean, we've seen it. And I, and I think it's it's worth pointing out through these first two games, just how willing this Bears coaching staff has been to go to the young guys, right? I mean, this is something that we haven't seen in a while. And again, the two different objectives. Like, obviously you want to win games, but the Bears' primary objective this year is not solely based on trying to win a Super Bowl. I mean, really, I, I think if anybody in that building believes that they can win a Super Bowl with this roster, I would like them drug tested because that just doesn't seem realistic. But with that being said, because of that, because of the position that they are in right now, you have the opportunity to have a guy like Tevin Jenkins who might have burned some bridges in the front office temporarily or you know, with the coaching staff or whatever it was, and he sat out that week. Now, all of a sudden, he comes back and he's taken, you know, second and third team reps, a tackle. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, he's thrown in at right guard. And two days later, he's starting in the second preseason game at right guard. And it looks like he's positioned to be that starter moving in. The same thing, they go out and they sign Riley Reef. I mean, we had, we talked about it on the podcast. I tweeted about it. You tweeted about it. Everybody did. 
You know, it's like they, they go out and they sign Riley Reef. They go out and they sign Michael Schofield, right? They were like, okay, well, that's one of your starting tackles. That's that's your starting right guard. Well, it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case with either guy, which means Riley Reef all of a sudden slides in as that swing tackle, and you're going to give young guys a shot right out of the gate. I, I think we can both agree right now that, that Braxton Jones is pretty solidified in at that left tackle position. We'll see how that goes. Um, but it, it looks like Larry Borum is going to get the, the first crack at that right tackle job. And again, who knows if it's going to work? Obviously, there's some risk involved because you're trying to protect, you know, the big key to your franchise and Justin Fields. But if you look around this roster right now, young guys are getting shots all over the place. And I think that that is something that is going to vastly benefit the Bears. We talked about it, man. We talked about it all year last year, how even though, Matt Nagy and that coaching staff were on their way out. Like we didn't get any idea on any of these young guys because they never got the opportunity to play. And now in this type of situation, like you said, we're going to get to see these young guys. We're going to get to see the new players, the free agents, uh, the undrafted free agents, the draft picks, everything that they have brought in this offseason. Everybody is going to be on a level playing field and they're going to get an opportunity to show what they have. And I think that that is huge moving forward because I mean, we've talked about it. The Bears are going to have a ton of ton of cap space. We already know that moving into next year. The Bears are going to have a lot more resources over the next few years, and that's great, but you still have to have some sort of foundation to be able to build off of. And again, I think they have some pieces of Justin Fields' hits, and this team's in a really good spot, but there's still a lot of other positions that they have to get figured out, and I think the only way to really figure that out is to give them that opportunity. And so far, that's the one thing I will say, man. I've really liked what I've seen. They, you know, there's no BS with the rookies. There's no, you know, making these guys earn it. You know, it's like Bayless Jones is is getting his opportunities. Kyler Gordon is slotted in as one of the starting corners. Jaquan Brisker started in, you know, slotted in with the starting safeties day one. I mean, there's just no BS about it. You know, Braxton Jones gets an opportunity. That's the kind of stuff that is going to pay huge dividends. Because here's the thing. Even if some of these guys don't work out, even if some of these young guys and some of these free agent acquisitions don't work out, you know what you have moving into next year. Even if they're not a starter, maybe they're a depth guy. I mean, as we saw back in 2018, the Bears needed depth. They got depth. They had a, you know, and you look at some of their good teams over the last 15, 20 years, and it was all depth related. So, you know, that's that's a big part too. So again, I, I think moving into this last preseason game, moving into the season, it's really just learning what they have on this roster and what they need to do to get better next year and what they need to target. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and that's a good point, you know, because... You're right. I mean, we didn't get to see Tevin Jenkins last year in crunch time. 
because they rolled out Jason Peters, and, and we didn't get to see some of the other younger guys on the roster because they wanted to play veterans instead. And, you know, with this group, it, it does seem like everyone's got to prove it. No one's guaranteed a spot. You have to go out there and, and prove your worth. And we saw that this offseason when they had Jalen Johnson running with the second team at times and, and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Tevin Jenkins can do again at right guard. It does seem like he's got the inside track to be the starter and Larry Borm at right tackle, which is a complete shift from what we saw what even two weeks ago at this time it looked like it was going to be Riley Reef and Michael Schofield um as the two starters on that side now you know things have changed and they're in line to be the starters Aaron this is probably the perfect segue to get into our interview with um former Bears defensive end Corey Wooten to get his thoughts on the upcoming season before we do that though we have to talk about odds trader odds trader is the best website for gamblers out there with the NFL coming up here, college football beginning this week with Big Zero, MLB going into their playoffs, and soon enough, NBA and NHL will be back on our TVs. You want to get Odds Trader because it's the best place to compare all odds from all major sports books. You can compare the different sign-up codes, promotions, odds. It gets you the best deal to use. And, and if you're like me, I'm always looking for the best promotions, the best sign-up codes, the, the way to get the most money um, from any sports book. But as a bonus, OddsTrader also offers player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, um, handicapping, play-by-play updates, things like that it's, it's, it's to kind of maximize your betting experience. And one of my favorite tools on the website is the Bet Tracker, which allows you to keep the records of your games and betting activity. You don't have to use the pen and paper. Just go to your phone, see who's playing when how you're doing, maybe put a little extra on a team later on in the the night if you have the money because you're doing so well. You want to go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. Let's get into the interview with Corey Wooten. Um, uh, Some good insight. He covers the Bears on Fox 32 Chicago. He's also a Big Ten analyst. He's the host of the Believe in Bears podcast and the Believe in Network. We'll be right back after this interview. And now joining us on the Bear Report podcast, a very special guest. He played for the Chicago Bears, played six years in the NFL. He's the host of the Believe in Bears podcast on the Believe Network. He's also a Big Ten sports analyst, and he's a Chicago Bears analyst for Fox 32, so you can see him on your TV in the Chicago area. We welcome in Corey Wooten. Corey, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great, man. Just came off a golf round now. Uh, almost broke 80. For, for the oh, second wow. second time, uh, man, I was close. Came down to the last hole. I needed a par to get me there. I had a double, but still, oh, still a good round, man. What, Any, anytime you can get out there. Where did you play at? So I I, uh, I actually live in St. Louis, so I played a, a course around here. So I don't I don't live in Chicago. Um, okay. Yeah, there's, there's a course out here. I, I play quite a bit and pretty tough course. So I was I was I was this close, man. So do you guys golf at all? Yeah, yeah. I actually broke 100 a couple times this summer, so that's like my big accomplishment. Um, there you go. Trying to get under 90 now, but that's going to be a long, yeah. long way. Short game, man. Short game, short game, short game. That's right. Yeah, I used to. I used to golf, and then I went from six foot to six foot five freshman year, and I just lost all coordination for everything sports, and that was it, man. That was yep. not even basketball worked out for me. Yep. So I haven't swung a golf club in a long time. Yeah, you probably needed some extended clubs after that gross work. <laughs> well, dude, I'm six say, eight man. now. Yeah, I'm six eight now. So it's like golf clubs are just not a thing for me anymore. So I just kind of gave up on it. Yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, Corey, so let's get into it with the Bears talk, man. Um, I guess your uh, initial thoughts on this team, because 
it's a new regime. It's Matty Reflus, it's Ryan Poles. Um, it, it's a rebuild. They're not going to fully say it, um, but it is what it is. What, what's kind of your initial thoughts on this whole regime right now? So I, I initially, when Eber Flus first got hired, I, I really liked that idea, right? Defensive-minded head coach. And I kind of think back to when the Bears were at their best, right? In the Dicka area, where they were a defense first team, you know, run the football, play great defense. Same with Lovey when I played there and even before I got there in 06 when they made the Super Bowl. So I look back at the best Bears teams, it's kind of been that philosophy. Defense first, run the football, control possession, limit your turnovers. And that's how you get it done in Chicago. So kind of transitioning just into the defense alone, uh, kind of break it down for the fans that maybe have forgotten what the 4-3 is like, especially the Tampa 2, that lovey type defense, yeah. the defense that we're going to expect to see. How big of a departure is that from the 3-4 that we saw under Fangio and, and Desai and everybody else? I, I love the 4-3, four, four, the Tampa 2. Um, that's something I played with, uh, you know, Rod Marinelli when he's our D coordinator at Lovey. It's attacking style. It, it fits right into Robert Quinn, what he's really good at. You know, you look at young guys like Travis Gibson, Muhammad Al-Kadeen, um, who I think are going to have breakout years in this Tampa 2, you know, especially playing opposite Quinn. So I think they're going to get a lot of penetration. And what's going to be different this year is they're going to be able to stop the run because you look at the past couple of years with the Bears – they weren't able to stop the run. And that's really, really not traditional from what you see from a Bears defense. So they're going to stop the run and then be able to get after the passer. And I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we have three double-digit sack guys uh, with, with Gibson and uh, Muhammad along with, with Quinn. Being a defensive lineman, you know, what is it like and how important is the three technique in this, in this defense? That's all we hear about is the three technique, the three technique, the bears call it the under, I, I want to say, how important is it for this defense? Can you kind of explain from your playing experience, you know, playing alongside yeah. three technique? Yeah. So, so when I, when I was playing uh, Tommy Harris, right, that was kind of when he was in his prime at the three technique position. Um, it's, it's crucial. You know, you look at Warren Sapp in the Tampa Bay years, he was crucial on, on the defensive line. So you need a guy that can, really penetrate, uh, get up the field, and be, and be able to uh, sack the passer as well. So, you know, I think it's tough anytime you have Akeem Hicks uh, depart the team because he was such an integral part, um, but he didn't really fit for this, uh, you know, 4-3. So, yeah, we, we need some of these guys to step up, uh, you know, so I'm, so I'm hoping they can. Well, and kind of moving back a little bit to the linebacker spot, I mean, obviously all the talk has been on the Roquan Smith situation, and everybody's got their own take, you know, that is what it is. But – how important is the linebacking core and especially the will at this point for this defense? Yeah, I, I think it's huge. You know, I was, I was hoping uh, things could get worked out with uh, Roquan Smith and the Bears uh, just because, you know, anytime you have a young player like him that's so talented, he's arguably one of the best linebackers in the league. I was hoping they can come to an agreement. But anytime you're your own agent, especially for the second or third contract, I just didn't understand that, you know, when you're a rookie and you come out, everything's slated. So you can be your own agent because there's not much room for negotiating. But when it comes down to second and third contracts, he should have hired an agent. If that was the case, they would have got this deal done. And the thing that sucks is he's still playing on his rookie deal. So, you know, God forbid something happens to him. You know, he doesn't have that financial future secured. So I wish he would have got that done. But, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that he's motivated this year even more to just continue showing why he was worth what he thought he was, you know? So that position is huge. Uh, Morrow in there, you know, he's, he's going to be an integral part of this team. So I'm looking forward. I think the defense is really 
going to be the strong suit of the team because that, that's what you have to do, especially when you have a young quarterback uh, like Justin Fields. you got to take the pressure off him with defense, and I think that front seven is going to be the strongest unit of the team. I kind of want to get your perspective on this. As a former player, I feel like the linebacker position, back when you played, um, I, I want to say it's a little more important to a defense. Um, yeah. and, and he wants to get paid as the best off-ball linebacker. But in all reality right now, you look at the NFL, and it's like the money's going to quarterbacks, wide receivers, you know, um, safeties. What Left is tackles. Changed? Left yeah. tackles. Yeah, I mean, what changed, you know, in – over the past couple of years that off ball linebackers maybe aren't, I don't want to say not important, but they're not the spotlight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I guess it comes down to um, like running back position, right. That used to be a premium, right. Guys would get drafted in the first round all the time. And you look at um, like Zeke Elliott was, was probably one of the most notable guys drafted in the first round. And that was 2016. So you just see like so many running backs, you look with the Bears situation, like David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, uh, Ebner looks really good. So there's so many different running backs out there. Uh, I think you're seeing the same thing with linebackers, you're seeing a lot of guys that can play well. And this is a speed position. Now, back in the day, it used to be a guy would meet the fullback in, in a gap. And it's not that you're seeing uh, linebackers that can run with potentially tight ends and uh, running backs. So that's why you're seeing, like you said, the shift is quarterbacks, uh, wide receivers, left tackles, defensive ends. Those are the guys that get paid the, the, the real big bucks. Well, I'm kind of transitioning over to just more of a broad view, right? It, just this team and, and Matt Eberflus as a whole, right? You, you played in this defense. You, you, you understand the overall philosophy. How big is it to buy into this philosophy one? And how hard is it to transition from something like we saw with Matt Nagy, where things seemed a little bit more lax? Uh, the team yeah. was clearly not nearly as disciplined to what it is now and how hard these guys have been practicing. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's uh, not, not as bad as a tr tr um, transition as you would think. Um, because you, you just look at the past couple of years, they were one of the most penalized teams in the league. And those are the things that'll kill you, you know, as, as a team that's trying to win games, especially with an offense that really wasn't that productive. So they had the offsides defensively, you know, Mario Edwards had a bunch of uh, personal fouls, some of the other guys on the team. And, you know, when you're about to get off the field on, on third down and you have a personal foul, they automatically get a first down. Those are the drive killers. You're supposed to get off the field, give the ball to the offense. So you just saw too many of that on both sides of the football. And Iberflus, when he first got on the podium, he's like, you know, attention to detail. We're going to be disciplined. You know, we're, we're, we're going to be able to stop the run, um, gap assign, assignment, all that stuff. So that's what you saw the shift with Nagy. Like stuff started to creep in. And I always bring this example back when I played in 2012, Lovey's last year for the Bears, uh, my, my third year playing there. We were so good defensively. We were a top five defense, you know, led the league in turnovers. Um, you know, every everything we did was was assignment, gap discipline. And then the next year, we had basically the same team uh, with Mark Tressman, but we had a new coordinator um, and everything. And we tried to keep things the same. And it just, the, the staff was so lax, right? That stuff started to creep in. And I remember that, that Green Bay game, the last game of the season, right? When there was a ball on the ground, that was a fumble. And we would have scooped and scored that every time under Lovey. And we didn't do that under Mel Tucker and company just because stuff started to creep in. And Iberflus is getting back to that. No, every ball on the ground we're picking up, we're scooping and scoring. We're creating that mindset. And, and that's what you're going to see with this team. And I, I'm telling you, I think the Bears are really going to surprise a lot of people. I know like the over-under, I think it was five wins or something like that. But I would not be surprised if they have nine wins this year. The schedule is not that tough. And if they can play – 
like a Tennessee Titans type of team, right? You run the football, you play great defense, you know, you take the pressure off the quarterback like they have done with Ryan Tannehill, with Justin Fields. I think they could be very successful. That kind of leads me into this question. Do you think the Bears did enough to help Justin Fields, whether it's wide receiver, the offensive line, like the, the weapons, yeah. you think they did enough in the off season? So I, I, I think it, it's tough. Like everyone was saying, Oh, we need these big splash, but you know, we, we just didn't have the, the, the first round pick this year. Um, you know, so I, it, it's hard to reevaluate stuff, you know, like the, the left tackle position, there weren't that many people available. Um, you know, it, it looks like he got a steal and Braxton Jones, the sixth rounder seems like he's kind of going to be like that Charles Leno, a late round pick. It's going to be a multi-year starter. I mean, he has athleticism, everything. Um, but I, I need to see after next year, right, really how the weapons are going to be around him, right? Are, are we going to get him a true number one? Because Darnell Mooney, it seems like he could potentially be a number one, but I think he's a number two in, in most people's, you know, teams. But he's very talented. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what can happen with Byron Pringle, um, you know, uh, St. Brown, if he, he can do something as well. But I think it's just tough judging it. I'm hoping Cole Komet really has a breakout season. And uh, I've always said, like, his production is going to be best in the red zone because that's where the Bears have struggled. If him and Justin Fields can, can really connect in the red zone, I think that's going to make a huge difference. And I think he can be like a Kyle Rudolph in his prime, a guy that's not a burner, really good blocker, really good in the red zone. He's going to catch the ball when you need him, um, have maybe 800 yards in a season. I think that would be a great role for him. Well, and it's funny because you, you bring up Cole Komet and you bring up the one thing that he really needs to do, and that's get in the end zone. Last year, he didn't have a single touchdown. And it's confusing because it's like, again, I, I'm six foot eight, right? So I understand size. I mean, I'm not nearly as big as he is, obviously. But it's one of those things for me, when I played football, I was always that big body, whether I was on the defensive side of the ball, whether I was a tight end uh, because I didn't have enough speed. So I couldn't be a receiver. How do you make somebody that has struggled to simply score touchdowns and be effective in the red zone? How do you make him a red zone threat? And why do you think he hasn't been so far? Well, you think about it, um, you know, Jimmy Graham was, was that when he was here, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy uh, Graham was the vet, the savvy vet that, you know, that was his, that was his role. So when he went in there, you know, they brought on the red zone, they bring Jimmy Graham and he's not there anymore. So all the spotlight is on Cole Komet. So they're looking for him to take over. And sometimes as years go on, they, they give you that role. And you look at him and Justin Fields in the preseason thus far, they've looked pretty good, that connection. So I'm just hoping that, you know, we, we run the football, we get some of those boots, we get some of those rollouts, they get that confidence there. Then in the red zone, he's using his body more, you know, kind of like Jimmy Graham did, kind of like a Gronkowski or a Kyle Rudolph in his prime. Just be able to use your body. It doesn't matter how fast you are in the red zone at all. Like, that's why Antonio Gates for so many years was so effective because him and Phillip Rivers, when it came down to the red zone, he would get open, he'd use his big body and shield the defenders and Phillip Rivers put it where only he could get it. So if they can work on that connection, I think they could be very successful. What are your thoughts on Jaquan Brisker? He's more of an old school type safety. There's a former yeah. player in you. Do you like that? Like, do you like your safety to come yeah. up and hit? I mean, that's kind of old do. Bears I do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I play with Major Wright. You know, he's yep. he was that smash mouth, hitching. And uh, Brisker, you know, reminds me a lot of him. A uh, little bit bigger. Um, but, yeah, I think he's that same mold, the old school type. Uh, you know, come up and hit you right in the mouth. He can cover. He can do it all. So he's a real leader out there. And you see him on the field in the preseason, you know, calling out stuff, communicating with everybody up there. So he really, I think they 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 really got these picks good and, and 
shout out to Paul because a lot of people were kind of second guessing his picks, even myself, you know, even with the Bellis Jones, because Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan, who got drafted to the Indianapolis Colts, looks like it might be their starting left tackle. He was available um, in the third round before they picked Bellis Jones. And then I was like, oh, they didn't pick him. I was like, oh, no. But it ended up, it, it looks like, like Poles got the picks right. Braxton Jones was the steal. Bayless Jones seems like an explosive playmaker. We'll see how he can contribute as a receiver. We know they're probably going to use him in some type of role, um, explosion-wise. But in the in the return game, um, yeah, that's just kind of what we needed. You know, we had Devin Hester, then Cordell Patterson. Now it seems like Bayless Jones. Uh, so, yeah, I really like the picks so, thus far from Poles. Yeah, so far, man, the early returns on this draft class have been quite impressive. And going through a rebuild, that's exactly what you need. So my last question for you, and this is going to be just kind of more lighthearted, is how does it feel to be the last guy to sack Brett Favre? <laughs> especially, especially being, you know, the, the whole Packers thing and the whole Bears thing. Like, yeah. How great does that feel to know that you were the last <laughs> one to put that guy in the turf? Man, you know, everyone always asks me that question. You know, everyone says, oh, it's going to be a trivia question. And that is the most, that question I get asked the most by, by far. Um, you know, you never want to see anyone get hurt, you know, um, but I think it was awesome to get my first sack against a guy like Brett Favre on Monday Night Football when Devin Hester broke the uh, punt return record and we won the NFC North uh, that day. So it was a great day. Um, but yeah, like now what they're knowing with concussions and stuff, man, it's unfortunate um, because it seems like he had a lot throughout his career. Um, but yeah, like when I'm, when I'm out places in Chicago and stuff, everyone said, Oh, the Favre killer. Oh man. <laughs> and I, I just laugh about it. Um, but yeah, you never want to see anyone get hurt. Um, but that's part of the game, you know, it, it happens. I mean, it's a high speed game and, uh, unfortunately guys get injured, but yeah, to get my first sack against him. I mean, that was, that was pretty incredible. I got two quick ones before I wrap up and yeah. it's kind of off of Aaron's right there. What was it like playing? Cause I was at Minnesota stadium, the outdoor, yeah. the couch. What do you remember from those? What was, I think it was like two weeks ago, the, the dome collapsed and then they had to yep. move your game. What do you kind of remember? And how cold was that? Was that game? Yeah. So, so um, before that game, they were um, debating not playing because of how cold it was going to be. And then uh, that was Minnesota's uh, college stadium, the Gophers. Yep. And uh at that time, they didn't have um, heaters underneath the uh, turf surface, you know, because their season back back then, the Big Ten finished, I think, the first week in November. So it really wasn't that cold then. Um, so everybody was talking to the NFLPA and some of the reps were like, should we play this game? Should we not? And I think everyone was just like, yeah, let's just play this. Um, and yeah, the, the, the ground was hard as can be. It was it was tough sledding. Um, so I think you know, both teams had a disadvantage, but we kind of we kind of figured somebody might get hurt just with how hard, hard the surface is, you know, slam somebody on there and then that's a concussion yeah. waiting to happen. So um, I got my last one. What happens in Ireland this weekend? Does Northwestern beat Nebraska or? I, I, I think they do, man. I think I think, um, you know, Scott Frost has, has a lot of pressure on him uh, this week just because since he's come there, you know, came from U, U, UCF. And, you know, led them, you know, to, I think, an undefeated season, I believe, right? The, yeah. the, the second, his first year there or second year? I think and, second, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, he's one of Nebraska's greats. And he really hasn't lived up to the hype since he's been there. They haven't had a winning season. So, I think – and then I – did you guys read that article saying that the offensive linemen throw up 15 and 20 times during practice because they're yeah. working so hard? I was that's actually going to ask you. I wanted, yeah, I wanted your take on that because that just seemed <laughs> yeah. completely asinine to me. Like, what good yeah. does that do? I don't know why he even opened his mouth. I think he was trying to say something like they're working so hard that, you know, 
it's like one of those people that that try to say, "Oh yeah, yeah, I I shot scratch today and golf." Yeah. No, no, you, no, you didn't, but no, you didn't. You took seventeen <laughs> drops. Get out of here. But yeah, it's one of those guys trying to hype up a story. I think that's really what it is. But at the end of the day, he sounded pretty. It, it sound it sound unbelievably crazy. Like because you're like, why are you promoting that? Especially in yeah. this day and age, what you know about heat stroke and things like that. People are like, "Whoa, what's going on?" So I don't think it's like he said, like he's saying it. I think he was just trying to say. They're working hard, which is great. He should have left it at that, not throwing up 15. Because you know what? The NCAA is going to come cracking on the yeah. door. You need to check these practices, see what's going on here. But, yeah, I, th- I think Northwestern gets the dub. You know, Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern, they never had two back-to-back bad seasons. Um, I think he's going to have these guys ready to go. I think Northwestern gets the dub in a close one. And I think after that, the heat's on uh, Scott Frost. Corey, thanks so much for joining us, man. Um, where can everyone follow you at? Where can they listen yeah. to you at? See you at? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O-S-2-T-O-N. I'm on Fox 32. I'm on the Believe Network. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to some some other opportunities that may come in the future, man. Appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Anytime. Thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And welcome back here on the Bear Report. That was our interview with Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end, who, yes, had the final sack of Brett Favre's career. Um, I'm sure a lot of Bears fans who listen to this podcast remember that. Aaron, let's kind of get into what was the biggest storyline from the weekend. And since the last time we talked, Roquan Smith returned to practice, ending his quote-unquote hold-in, no new contract. He's playing the final year of his rookie deal. And he was at practice on Tuesday for team reps and right away made an impact. He shot through the gap, had a tackle for loss on the running back, and the defensive sideline was jacked up. It was good to see Roquan Smith back out there. Bigger picture, though, he still wants to get paid like a top defensive player in the league. The Bears don't want to pay him that money. In your eyes, where do things kind of stand now? Is this a win-win for the Bears and Roquan? Is this a lose-lose? Who's got the advantage here? Well, I I think it's absolutely a win-win for the Bears, right? I mean, there's very minimal risk involved here because, I mean, the reality of it is, and I think think most people who have heard Roquan Smith talk know that money is everything and i I don't mean that as a bad thing like i I just mean that his like the way that he views his value is in money and he wants to be paid like he is you know like he views himself and right now it's very clear that the bears have a different valuation of him than he has of himself so what better way for him to go out 
and, you know, prove his worth and prove his fit in this defense to go out and have, you know, a big time year and leave no doubt. And, you know, I think that that will bridge things, but I think obviously all the risk is on Roquan's part because if he goes out and shreds his knee or, you know, has some catastrophic injury, then obviously that severely damages, you know, anything that he's going to be able to get in the future. And again, I don't think that's going to happen, but that's kind of where the risk, especially as a first round player, the risk involved is a little higher, especially, and I understand again, I'm not faulting him. Like you're going to have your own, you know, view of your value, whatever it may be. And, and I, again, we don't know either side. I mean, we don't know what he was asking. We don't know what was offered, anything like that, but there's also sizable risk in it by not taking, you know, hypothetically, let's just say 17, $18 million a year and holding out for 20 or more, that's kind of the, the 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 risk here is that if he goes out and he hurts himself or if he has a bad year, let's just say he 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 slides into this defense, he's nowhere near the player that uh you know uh, Shaquille Leonard is or that Fred Warner is, and all of a sudden you're looking at a guy that maybe is more of a thirteen to fifteen million dollar year guy, and all of a sudden he's going to be going elsewhere. But if he plays well and the Bears still want him and they still think that they can get something worked out or whatever it is, and they can tag him and they can go around the merry-go-round again, and hopefully the results will be better, but. You know, I, I think we can all agree that the, the Bears are a better team with Roquan Smith there. And I think that the other thing, and it's kind of something that we talked about too, uh, you know, a few weeks back when he held out, when he asked for that trade, was that really the value for a player like Roquan Smith at a devalued position like linebacker, off the ball linebacker, stack linebacker, whatever you want to call it, is that there's just not a whole lot there. So it's kind of in a situation for a guy like Roquan Smith where, yeah, he's 25 years old and yes, I'm sure he would love to hit the free, you know, free agent market, be able to get paid, you know, whatever he's asking. But the reality of it is with the bears holding as much control as they do, the, the, the overall trade value was just never going to be there. And it's like, you know, you got an, uh, an all pro linebacker, why would you trade him for anything less than a first round pick? And I can't imagine that any team was offering a first round pick, especially considering they were going to have to offer a high round pick and turn around and sign him to a huge money deal. So it just, it, I, to me, I'm not remotely surprised by this. I mean, none of this, because it never really made a whole lot of sense to begin with. It's like, yes, you take the emotions out of it. You take the emotions out of the Roquan Smith side. You take the emotions out of being a fan. And you realize that really, outside of the bears, you know, signing him to a deal that they felt comfortable with, they have all the control in the situation. They have the fifth year option this year. They got the franchise tag the next two years after that, if they want to use it at least next year. And then they can kind of, you know, reassess where they're at after they, you know, if they want to give them the franchise tag next year. So again, I understand that Roquan Smith is upset. I think that he is doing himself a huge disservice um, by, by not having an agent. Um, but at this point in time, this is a decision that he's making. He feels that he needs to kind of change the way that the, the business side is done on the NFL. And unfortunately for him, uh, it didn't work out. And I do think, unfortunately for him, there's a lot of emotions involved with this. But with all that being said, I, do, I still do think something can get worked out uh, next offseason. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of with you. It gives Roquan a chance to prove it. You know, we've seen what Roquan Smith can do in a 3-4 defense since he's been here in, in Ryan Poles' eyes. Now it's okay. Can you do this in a four, three defense? Prove it. Show us your worth. You know, maybe we can get something done. And it's obvious. I mean, they are far apart. You know, Rokon won't give the official number. Um, we're not going to hear the number from Ryan Poles or anything like that, but it's clear they're, they're pretty far apart. And Rokon values himself, not only as 
the best off-ball linebacker, but he also values himself as one of the best defensive players in the league, and that's how he wants to get paid. And the Bears right now really aren't in a situation to kind of give out that money without seeing him, you know, maybe in the 4-3 defense. And, you know, it's a big risk. I mean, shelling out that much money could really backfire on you. And, you know, I don't want to say it'll set you back years and years, but we could see some issues down the line with the cap space for the Bears and look back at this at this Roquan deal and say, oh, man, okay, that was probably a mistake. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case. I, I do think Roquan is a player who is among the best at his position in the league. But at the same time, you know, you kind of have to understand where it's coming from um, on the Bears' side. Now, I'm with you as well. I do think a deal gets done. I don't think you can let a player 25 and be able to walk just like that after this year. He's going to play out his deal. The Bears can technically use a franchise tag on him. He'll make, I think it's $20 million, which is about double what he's making this year already. So, you know, they can sign him, they can franchise him for another year, but I just don't think you can allow a guy like that to leave completely. And, and you're, you're right, you're not going to get a first round pick from it at, at this stage. So it's good to have him back. Um, he made a big play today, and, and that's kind of where I'm at. You know, it's time to get to football. He makes his defense a lot better. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that ultimately both sides understand that. I think ultimately something's going to get done. I mean, the Bears are going to have a ton of money. I don't think that. This notion of the Bears, you know, the Bears have focused so much on defense, their entire, you know, franchise, and they can't afford to pay a linebacker that kind of money when they need to, you know, they need to be better on offense. They can do both. It's not impossible for them to do both. If you draft well and you're, you know, you're smart with your contracts, you can do both. So at this point in time, again, like a lot of things, it's it's wait and see mode. And who knows? Again, you know, it. Roquan Smith could very easily get in this defense, and I don't think it'll happen. I think he's going to have an outstanding year, but he could very easily get in this defense and not fit very well and, you know, go elsewhere, and neither side's going to be too upset about it. Or he could have an outstanding year, and the Bears say, okay, well, you know, maybe instead of offering you 17 or $18 million a year, let's go ahead and, you know, just slightly outdo that that uh, Shaquille Leonard deal. You know, so it, I, I'm just kind of at a point where, you know, again, you take the emotion out of it. The Bears still have all the control this year and next year and the following year if they want it. And frankly, for Roquan Smith, uh, the franchise tag is looking like it's going to be about $20 million next year for the, you know, he, he even talked about that. He said, you know, it's going to be a good number. He would feel comfortable playing on the franchise tag. Uh, he also didn't sound like a guy that was completely, you know, out the door in terms of, you know, not wanting to play for the franchise and whatever else. So we'll just see. I, I, I don't. I think he did have some strongly uh, worded statements, but at the same time, I didn't personally get the vibe that there was damage done that can't be undone. And I think that that's key in this type of situation. Again, I mean, he's one of the building blocks. He's definitely a, the bears are a better team when he's out on the field. Uh, but now we get to see what he looks like in this defense for an entire year. And really, I mean, the only risk that's involved with the Bears right now is maybe they have to go up a little bit in price tag. But, you know, the reality of it is, is if you have an all-pro linebacker that fits your defense, he's going to be a leader and he's going to be here for a while at 25 years old. There's a lot worse things that could happen. Agreed. Um, were there any cuts today, Aaron, that surprised you? I mean, you look at him, Daz Newsome, Julian Davenport, uh, LaCale London, um, Jake Vargas, who was pretty much here for what? I think it was two days and it was signed after um, Kari Blossom game was quote unquote hurt, but was out there practicing. And then obviously Bo Pete keys for me, nothing really 
stood out to me. Um, I think the surprising ones are probably going to come next week when they have to get down to 53. We could see a couple surprise cuts. Were there any that stood out to you? And, and do you have maybe any predictions next week as a surprise cut? Well, I, I think that, you know, I don't, I don't know if that there was any surprises. The one guy that actually I thought would stick around and could have been probably the ninth offensive lineman was Julian Davenport. Now, obviously, you know, he was kind of well-regarded when he was drafted and didn't really work out, but I mean, he has some starting experience. And again, as a ninth offensive lineman, I think you can do worse, but I know the one that a lot of people were kind of upset about or surprised about or talked about a lot was obviously Daz Newsome. And I think we can both agree, man. I it's, Here's the thing. The Bears have a certain standard that they're trying to set here. And while Daz Newsome may have, you know, some upside, the reality of it is, is that, you know, when you're inconsistent and you make the mistakes that he made over those first two games and then the one drop pass on, on Sunday in practice, you know, he had two muff punts. One of those you could argue was not his fault. He also had two drop passes. And it's just kind of one of those things where, the Bears are clearly looking for consistency. And while I do not think they're going to have that great of a receiving core, I think that you can also kind of make an argument that, you know, you look at guys like Tajay Sharp, for example. Uh, Dante Pettis has some has some upside to him. Uh, Isaiah Coulter has shown some upside. You know, like uh, Nisimba Webster is another guy that, you know, has, has shown some, some stuff as well. And you're talking about those last, you know, one or two spots on the depth chart you need somebody who can play special teams and you need somebody who's going to be a little bit more consistent and goes out and earns it. So no, I don't really think there was any surprises. I, I think moving into next week, um, I don't know that there's going to be any surprise cuts per se. I, I do think they have some tough decisions to make though, right? I mean, you're looking at, if you want to look at the defensive side of the ball, especially uh, linebacker is going to be one that's going to be tough. Uh, we'll have to see what happened with Caleb Johnson. Um, it didn't really look good. I don't, I, I'm assuming that he hasn't been back out of practice the last few days. And correct me if I'm wrong on that one, but he has not. Nope. Yeah. He seems like kind of one of those guys. I know, I, I know a few people have kind of thought that he maybe he was a lock for the roster. I don't believe that to be the case. And I, and I think that they're going to have some decisions to make a linebacker because Jack Sanborn has played really well and that's been well documented. But Demarcus Gates has also looked really damn good. Um, so, you know, you, you look at the linebacker spot, I think DB is another one, uh, especially at corner where you're kind of looking and trying to figure out, you know, what are you going to do at the nickel corner spot? Now, obviously, you know, Kyler Gordon can play some there and he probably will. But, you know, the two guys that I think everybody was really interested in and that felt like had some upside was Tavon Young and then also uh, uh uh, Thomas Graham and it's like neither one of those guys have been out in the field since basically the very beginning of practice so or the very beginning of training camp so you're kind of you're kind of looking at some decisions there obviously how they weed down to uh you know weed down with the corners is also going to be interesting I don't I don't know I could be wrong but I feel like the Bears are not in one of those spots where they I, I don't I just don't really feel like they're in one of those spots where there's going to be any like crazy cut or whatever I do think that they could end up having some uh, interesting moves uh, when it's all said and done, though, you know, in terms of, like, waiver wire, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm with you on that as well. Um, the nickel will obviously be something to watch. Um, like you said, we haven't seen Thomas Graham. We haven't seen Tavon Young out there. It's pretty much been Jalen Jones out there in, in the nickel, along with Kyler Gordon getting the first-team reps. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they what they do with – cuts there i mean obviously i think one of those three between jones young and, and graham probably won't survive unless there's some sort of injury ir situation and then you know maybe the wide receivers because you know we still have Nikhil harry still have byron pringle um 
out there. So, and uh, Tajay Sharp had an injury. So, be kind of curious to see that. I, I don't expect really many any surprise any surprising players being cut. Uh, maybe a veteran or two. Um, you know, I, I do think someone like Trevon Coley could could push for a roster spot. He's been really good. Three sacks in the two preseason game, a, a couple pressures. Maybe he made some. Maybe he put some pressure out there. Uh, I'll also be interested to see what they do with running back because Darrington Evans looked pretty solid out there. Travis Ebner is hurt, obviously, and then they're going to keep the fullback. I'm guessing Kari Blossom game. Do you keep five between the fullback and the in the running backs? I don't know. That, that'll be interesting to see. But next time we record, I, I guess we'll pretty much have the answer to all that. Yeah, we will. And that was actually what I was thinking as we we're talking about all this is. Yeah, when we record next Tuesday, I mean, we're going to we'll have an idea again of the initial 53. And I think it's worth keeping in mind, again, that there are going to be some transactional moves in terms of, you know, guys like Nikhil Harry. Uh, It wouldn't shock me if maybe a guy like Thomas Graham, somebody like that, maybe they carry them on the initial 53 and then throw them on IR for three or four weeks or whatever the whatever the new rule is. It, It keeps moving between that and the pup where I just, it, it's hard to, it's hard to keep track of what it is, but either way you could see a, a few guys that are carried on the initial 53 man roster. Maybe, maybe Travis Ebner is another one of those guys too, where, uh, or Tristan Ebner is another one of those guys where, you know, maybe he's hurt and he's going to be out the first few weeks of the season. So they say, okay, we're going to keep him. And then, you know, we'll throw him on IR. And, and I think the thing to kind of keep in mind with that is right where everything is so fluid and especially with veterans where if they don't have to go through waivers, you could see some guys cut and immediately brought back the next day when they're able to make those transactions to put guys on the IR. And then all obviously as well, the bears are going to be pretty high on the waiver wire priority list. Um, I would expect, you know, Ryan Poles has said as much, they're going to churn the bottom end of this roster quite a bit. They're going to look for those diamonds in the rough. Um, and they're going to see, you know, if they can find any any answers. And I think the accountability for this team is going to be relatively high this year in terms of if guys aren't playing consistently, especially at the bottom end of the roster, they're not going to keep the job. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I, it's kind of one of those things for me where it's kind of unfortunate because I, I miss the old way where you basically had all the games on Thursday and then you had all the cut down period that had to be done by Saturday. And then by Sunday, then all of a sudden you were, you know, getting, uh, you know, practice squads in order and doing everything else. And, you know, I definitely miss that way of doing things. Cause then all of a sudden the very next week, you basically had a week until, uh, you know, until, until rosters were done. So we got a little bit more, a little bit more time, a little bit more time to kind of see how things, uh, you know, end up working out. But either way, um, I, I, you know, like you pointed out, man, it's week zero of college football this weekend. By the time we record next week, it'll be, you know, week one of the college football season. We'll be officially done with the preseason. Uh, you know, football's back. It's finally starting to cool down here. We got like 18 million gallons of rain yesterday here in, uh, here in, in Texas. So it's definitely starting to feel a little bit more like football season, and I could not be happier. I'm with you, man. <laughs> I know I say that a lot, but yeah, I'm with you. Give me this, give me the football weather, give me the hot coffees, all that stuff. Um, Aaron, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and read your work? Yep, you can uh, find me at Aaron Lemming NFL, and you can read my work on thebearreport.com. Yes, and you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z A C K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe on all major podcasting platforms. It helps us. It helps Picks for Polls podcast. Um, please check out the website so that you can get the latest on the Bears. We're still up at Hallis Hall, updating with news and notes and all that good stuff. So make sure you check out the website. Until next time, everyone, please stay safe.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.